Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hello and welcome to Lore Watch, a roundtable freeform discussion about lore in the games of Blizzard Entertainment. I'm Ann Stickney, one of two lore-focused writers from Blizzard Watch, and I've got both of my wonderful co-hosts with me today. First up, let's introduce him first, because sometimes we don't. That would be Joe Perez. Hey, Joe, how's it going? Hey, everybody. How's it going today? I'm doing I'm doing okay, aside from being a little warm. Is it hot where you're at? It is very warm. I have I have two very melty dogs right now. Oh, you've got the Basset Hounds, don't you? Uh, beagles, but close enough. Beagles, okay, but they still melt. Oh yeah, like like my my beagle <laughs> my beagle Sylvanas is a giant puddle of, uh, well, yeah, um, <laughs> fur and desperation, <laughs> trying to stay cool. Oh, see, I hear her in the background. Yep, she All right. well, I said her name. <laughs> Our second co-host is with us as well. He would be the other lore focused writer over on Blizzard Watch, and that would be Matt Rossi. Hey, Rossi, how's it going? Uh, it's actually cooler today. It's it's only like 19 degrees Celsius here, which is like 70 something Fahrenheit. Oh. So it's it's actually nice today. It's overcast and cloudy. I'm jealous. Uh, it's been so it's been so hot the past couple of days that we couldn't walk our dog during the day because it would burn her feet if she yeah. touched on the asphalt. A little yep. pause. Yep. And and she's a tiny dog. Like she's 10 pounds. So that would be bad. She's yeah. No, but now it's not too bad. It actually, it's funny because um, a friend of mine was talking about this. We were comparing areas around here to World of Warcraft, and it looks a lot like Howling Fjord here today, like that kind of clouds over the edge thing. Oh, see, like, and I just get Silent Hill here. Like, I'd, I'd rather take Howling Fjord any day. <laughs> you get Silent Hill. He yep. gets Howling Fjord. I get Thousand Needles. Um, pre pre cataclysm, not not the kind with the flood. The kind with all yeah, of the rock Yeah, it would be hard structures. to flood Colorado right now. Um, yeah, we're kind of working against that. That's okay. Anyway, uh, so we're not actually here to talk about weather. We're here to talk about lore. Specifically, you guys have been inundating us with questions for Lore Watch. And the past couple of episodes, we've been talking about other topics. So I figured, hey, let's go revisit the mailbag and see what we've got. Um I don't know how far we're going to get in this list of emails because the first two involve a subject that's near and dear to all of our hearts and minds and possibly souls. I don't know. The old gods. But let's get to that here. Um, first email is from Goldgrip, a dwarf hunter on Moonguard, who says, Hello, watchers, longtime listener and Patreon supporter here. Do you think the famous Ilganoth quote whisper at the hour of her third death, she will usher in our coming, might be referring to Chromie in her scenario come patch 725? It seems we're trying to prevent her death while messing with time. Maybe this leads to the rise of the infinite dragonflight bringing forth the age of Nazoth. Would love to hear your thoughts, Gold Grip. Now, I believe this one was sent like before 725 actually came out, so it's been a while. Um, and we do know that at the end of the Chromie scenario... Nothing is really resolved at the end of it, but I like this theory. I don't know. I kind of wanted to hear what you guys hear what you guys 
had to say on the topic? Uh, I was just looking at that one the other day because I've been trying to do it and not doing all that great, quite frankly. Um, it takes practice. I yeah, uh, I keep not and leveling using up the, and grinding. You have to grind. Like, I don't use the time stand things properly, and I. But anyway, um, what I was noticing to me when I was thinking about it was that it's it's not like a it's kind of like a ragtag group of chromie haters. Like it's not any particular. It's not the legion. It's a little it's weird, not, isn't it? Yeah, it's it's like it it's just like everybody seems to hate this one dragon, and it's not, she's not even the head of the dragon flight or anything. So, but I was reading up on the master. The one that, like, you guys, like, have you ever gotten the drop when it's the crazy scrawled notes? Yes. Yes. I was like, like, trying to figure those, those, like, they certainly could be from some crazy Twilight cultist or something. But did you guys read the really weird theory about them? I mean, well, what was there's the a, been a few theory? on there. There's, I've been going down some holes weird. on Reddit. <laughs> there's a bunch of one, weird theories. One of them is the one, that it's Chromie writing about herself, which I thought was fascinating. The one that I thought was interesting was that it's you, that you wrote it. Ooh. That, that you're trying to kill Chrome. Yeah, I remember that one. Yeah, and it's like, I don't I don't know that that's it, but it's like the way it's phrased, you know, like too, too many times through time. It, it's just like I'm reading it going, I get it could almost be you, couldn't it? If you... Because she's, she's done a lot of stuff to you over the years. Chromie has had me end up like... I remember in Wrath when Chromie made me like have me from the future come help me. And then later on, I had to go back and be me from the future and help me back then. And of course there's always the, the fact that this goes to, to Ander hall. And that's the first time I think everybody here would have met Chromie at Ander hall. Right. I think so. Yeah. yeah back in classic. That was the first time the f- you, you met her. It was not the first time that she met you. No, it wasn't. And it's, it got me thinking like, you know, maybe it's not so much like anything to do with the old gods, although maybe it is, but it feels an awful lot like Chromie is more important to the infinites than she would be to anybody else because she's been so active lately, like the Anderhall thing. And, and more importantly, she's active around you. And even if you're not the one trying to kill her, you're important. You know what I mean? Like at this point, you're the head of whatever order you are. So and it's the thing that always struck me as kind of odd about the situation is, yeah, you have the four dragon shrines and the four dragon shrines. It's what there's like scourge, there's Burning Legion Demons, there's the Void, and then what was the fourth one? Satyrs? Yeah, yeah so you have, yeah. You, have the, you have you have the Nightmare. The, you have the Nightmare in the Life one. You have uh, the Legion in the Black Dragonflight one, which was a little weird, um, kind of. The you Legion? Because he was undead. Was it undead? Because, I mean, the, what was the main no, boss no, of it? The main boss he, of it was a Dreadlord. Yeah, but it was undead inside the shrine. I keep forgetting the Legion can do necromancy. That's my right. Bad. Sorry, yeah, and then then you had Void with the arcane, and then you had again undead with the, the life scourge, again. Like the scourge yeah. proper, death knights and all were in the red shrine. It seemed really weird to me, and like just because, and I under I have read that theory where it's like you doing it, but at the same point, it's like I'm sitting there trying to think. Why would you go to all these disparate groups and what would they have to gain from listening to you? Right? Like it seems like something else is unifying them. And well the part the weird that thing always, to me the part that struck me as odd. I'm sorry, Joe, I'm interrupting. No, no, that's I fine. Finish. You have these four dragon shrines with these four distinct factions, like evil air quote factions. I shouldn't say air quote, because they are. They're all evil factions. Um, simultaneously striking her down. But even then, beyond that, there's those four points in time. And all four of them are places that we've interacted with. There's Anderhall, there's the Well of Eternity, there's Stratholm, and there's Mount Hyjal. Like, all four of them are places that we found Chromie before and spoken to her and done stuff for her. I don't think we did anything super directly with her in Mount Hyjal. No, there's the other two dragons that when you first go in. Yeah, yeah. And she, like, she showed up as, like, one of the little potential companion people that'll run around with you at the roost, Mm -hmm. didn't she? Yeah, and that was the extent of it. So she didn't have, like, a major storyline there. She didn't have a major storyline in the Well of Eternity thing, but she was there. Um, Stratholm, obviously, she facilitated our return to Stratholm back when Caverns of Time came into play. And then Anderhall was the first place that we ever found her. So it's all, it's not just four places in time 
that she's been it's four places in time that we've specifically encountered her which kind of lends itself to the theory that that's us but at the same time when you look at the note like you look at the text on the really long rambling raving note um the the flavor text for it says that that it's the handwriting is jagged and frantic yet strangely familiar like we've seen that handwriting before somewhere and the other thing is that the way that the note is phrased like the there's it seems like there's two distinct halves to the note the first one is just a fairly straightforward kill the dragon kill the dragon kill the dragon it's not a gnome it's a dragon it's not even a good dragon slay the dragon and that sounds like the ramblings of somebody who doesn't know that chromie is a like or just discovered that chromie is actually a dragon that doesn't seem like it'd be us because we right, know yeah. we've known from like point one she was pretty straightforward with us in anderhall oh, remind yeah, me to I'm come a... back okay. remind me to come back to this I, okay I, I have a point but i want you to finish yours okay so then the second half of this says cross the timeways one too many times didn't you made a few enemies maybe caused a paradox you couldn't reconcile the demons the elementals the humans and orcs they're all on my side not yours now you've gone and done it whelp and that sounds like it's a very pointed and direct note from another dragon and yeah. or another somebody who's very familiar with the bronze dragonflight and with what they do and they're they're speaking to Chromie directly. It sounds like it's two different people almost. And maybe it is, only maybe it's not because maybe it's the same person but it's the same person from two different periods in time. Yeah, and okay, so, I, here no, no, no I got to go here. Gotta okay, go, go here. ahead. Sorry. Go ahead. When we first meet Chromie, as you pointed out, that's the first time we met Chromie, but not the first time Chromie met us. No. What if the person trying to kill Chromie is us from a timeline where Chromie was assassinated before we ever met her, and thus everything went differently because there was no Chromie, and then Chromie changed everything by having us help her not get killed, thus creating an alternate timeline that is, of course, much worse and that person, the us and that, is basically Riker in that Star Trek episode not wanting to go back to the Borg world. <laughs> so they want to kill the, the dragon to keep from being sent back. Because she keeps pulling us out of time. So it's kind of like, um, well, I mean, if you've read through all Twilight of the Aspects, there's this whole secondary plot thread going on where a character who very specifically died in another in the regular timeline managed to dodge their fate and in doing so created this like really horrific sort of second reality as it were um and we kind of see echoes of we we see that idea of like this horrifying second reality we saw it again in war crimes when they used the hourglass mm-hmm. when he shattered the hourglass you had these versions of like Andwin and can't Jane see it but i'm nodding ba- <laughs> yeah it was bane and Andwin and everybody else who were they were from some horrific reality where something terrible had gone totally wrong. And yeah, I guess that wouldn't be too far out of the realm of possibility. You know what? We're dealing with timelines and time travel and alternate realities and all this other stuff. I'd I'd almost argue that nothing is really off the table here, but Joe, I want to hear what you have to say. I'm sorry. No, that's quite all right. But I mean, this is, this is one of those weird things where starting with the initial four encounters and, and moving back, like I had this weird thought, right? Everybody that is involved, at least in three of the four and possibly all of the four are linked to the void in some capacity, void or old gods. The satyrs were, were created, yes, by this whole uh, burning legion punishment thing, this curse. But who do they serve? They serve essentially an old god right like that's what that's well, what they, they do Xavius because Xavius was the one and who Xavius... kind of passed that on but then Xavius turned to the old gods exactly. after the burning legion got defeated after the war of the ancients sure and I who should, are the old I would, gods I shouldn't say he turned to the old gods I should say maybe they kind of corrupted him a la well, we, Ashara and the Naga well they corrupted they corrupted him and then he corrupted Ashara by whispering in her ear and putting her in touch with all these powers it, it becomes all sorts of complicated but ultimately it comes back to the void and the old gods the arcane uh, spot the, the blue dragon flight uh, area the shrine there very clearly is just void it's just void 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 you go to the black dragon flight it is a dreadlord but the dreadlords are really drawn to what void and we know that they can do necromancy the only oddball the only outlier at least of those three is the life aspect shrine when you go there when you look at it it's one of those things where it's like 
okay, that's undead. That's everything here looks like it's a Lich King force. What if the Lich King has been looking or, or how do I phrase this? What if he's been tapping into the whispers of an old god? What if this is all part of a game? What if this is all part Yogg-Saron of like a, a grand didn't get game? to Arthas, but maybe he got to Bolvar. Because Bolvar was still coming into his power, so to speak, and put on that helm he was really, still really crispy, early. crunchy Butterfinger, and he wasn't Lich King yet. Exactly. And we don't know what happened while he was up there. It could have, it could have happened before he even put on the helmet. But everything for those four seems to link back to an old god plan to the void in some capacity now that's not to say that the other ones don't lead elsewhere it's also possible that deals were made and that things were being done because there's a couple other wild cards here too right we know that azara is supposed to be this most powerful mage in existence essentially on this on this planet uh or at least up there we don't know what she can and can't do we don't know what she does and does not know we don't know what old gods have told her and they've been around for a long long time what if they told her or, or gave her the ability to help them go back in time, or at least touch the minds of things back in time. And that note screams to me of somebody possessed of two minds, like somebody who's going through a break because what's inside of them is struggling for control. Like the handwriting is familiar. How many people have we interacted with that turned out to be corrupted? How many people have we interacted with uh, became crazed or had another another's whisper in them? I mean, we could look at Garrosh, and yeah, he we can he's a villain, and yeah, we had to defeat him and everything like that. But he was being corrupted. He was being, you know, used, and we don't know, you know, how far that went. Would his handwriting have been like this? Would his, this been his representation? Because there were several times we interacted with him during, uh, or like during that whole uh, Pandaria and beyond, and, and earlier than that, where he just seemed off, right? Like he just seemed different. Like things weren't making sense. So I don't know. Like it's it's an interesting concept to me that maybe this is part of the old gods plan because what's one thing that you don't want to happen? You don't want people to be able to fix what you break if you're trying to break something purposely. The bronze dragonflight is a unique entity in the fact that they can fix a lot of the things that are broken because they have the ability to correct the timeways, curate the timeways, and as you've pointed out, pull people out of the timeways. I mean, heck, look at Warlords of Draenor. That entire pocket universe was created because a bronze dragonflight member was, hey, this is what we should be doing, and went and did something. That's incredibly powerful. That was one dragon. That wasn't like a whole bunch of them. That wasn't even an aspect. Chromie, I think, just happens to be maybe the oldest or most powerful thing to fixate on because we rally to her as players. If she's not there, who are we going to rally to in the bronze dragonflight? I feel like I should... First off, side note, apologize for calling Bolvar Crispy Crunchity Butterfinger, but he kind of was. Um, secondly, <laughs> I want to point out that the reason that I said that was because when you go to fight Yogg-Saron, one of the visions that you see is Arthas torturing oh! Bolvar. Oh, God. I, okay. Sorry. I got, Keep going. I got something else I got to come back to when you're okay. done. Okay. You see Arthas torturing Bolvar, and you see Yogg-Saron mentioning that Bolvar doesn't break or something like that. He says that he's resilient. I, I don't remember the exact text for that. I could go look it up, but I don't feel like it right now. Um, what if what if Arthas didn't get to Bolvar because Yogg-Saron already did? Take it a step further. This is, and I just thought of this too. Bolvar is who he is because uh-huh. he... Because who created him? Who accidentally created him? The the Red Dragon Flight. Where are the Lich King's forces? <gasps> oh, in the Red Dragon Shrine. That oh. is an easy, easy it's sell. It's a revenge. Hey, you think it's a hey, revenge you hate, you hate You hate this existence you have. Well, I got this plan. Um, see, the Bronze Dragon Flight can make this not a thing for you. I can bring you back to being a human. Would you like that? Would you think that's great? We can undo everything. But she's going to keep fixing it. What if we take her out? This is a great deal for you, man. Look, I can I can give you this brand new set of keys to a brand new human body. Oh. We can get you back to being the hero that you were, and everybody will remember your name. What do you say, pal? Let's go do this thing together. That's an uh, easy sell. You guys are kind of forgetting something, though. What's that? And, um, it doesn't necessarily oppose what you're saying. It might even confirm it. What is Ice Crown Citadel? It's the blood of an old god. It's made out of serenite. Mm-hmm. How much of it is there? The whole chunk of it. Where is Volvar right now? Right smack in the middle of it. Middle of it. Yep. That's why I said maybe the reason that 
Arthas couldn't get to him is because Yog Saron already did. Really did. And like I said, it's an easy sell because if you're if you hate your existence, if your existence is nothing but tortured pain, and this is these are these are the ones that caused you to be in the situation. You couldn't even die with honor. And these are the Whisper Gulch whispers. Um, by the way, uh, I was just looking them up because why not? Um, they are coming for you. Give in to your fear. Kill them all before they kill you. They have turned against you. Now take your revenge. It was your fault. Tell yourself again that these are not truly your friends. You are a pawn of forces unseen. There is no escape, not in this life, nor in the next. Those are just the Whisper Gulch ones. And, and, and that sort of coincides with what I'm sort of seeing, at least now, with like the Lich King consolidating his forces. Well, that's and what I'm saying. And looking for old allies it's and like, consolidating the power. It fits. Maybe that's where the whole Void tie-in is at. So now, let's go back to this email, because this email does have a very valid question in it. That Ilganoth quote whisper says, at the hour of her third death, she will usher in our coming. Now, to my knowledge, Chromie's never actually died. She knows how she's going to die, and she knows when she's going to die. And this other death that comes in with the whole deaths of Chromie scenario, this is an anomaly in which somebody is trying to kill her and yes she does die if you don't stop things in time but then you could go back and start over again so it's not there's not like a solidified third death there it's just going over and over and over again but do you think that these two things are related i mean since we're dealing with what looks like void stuff maybe even old I god stuff with the deaths of chromie scenario I I'm really latching on to this idea that the bronze dragon flight specifically is being targeted because they can fix this stuff. Like, let's say the hour of the third death, let's say it's not Chromie. Let's say it's, it's someone else, which we can speculate a, a dozen other, other folks that fit that profile. We've, we've gone through this a couple times, but again, they're in the unique position that they could theoretically fix that death. They could either pull that person out of time or they could send people back to prevent it. We've done this before. We have prevented the death or caused the death of multiple figures due to the assistance of the bronze dragonflight. What if that's the reason she's being targeted is because this is part of a prophecy that has to be fulfilled or a conditional trigger that the old gods or the void lords need to happen before they can actually do move on with the next part of their plan. Removing anything that would oppose you seems pretty good to me. I'm going to just be more straightforward and not worry so much about that kind of thing. I'm just going to say up front, I don't think it's Chromie because Chromie dies way more than three times in this. Yep. <laughs> like just in the setup, she dies three times. Yeah. Like we've already yeah. failed. If that, You know what I'm saying? The hour of her third death has already come and gone if you're talking about how many times she dies in this scenario. As opposed to how many times, since she doesn't actually die at all since we prevent it. But if you're talking about during the scenario, she dies three times just in the warm up. Just to get to like, oh, that's what happened. I've already, because she contacts you, she's died once already. She already knows I was murdered out of my proper element. I'm supposed to die later than this. So I've died once. Then you go and you see her get blown up again. Then you go and see her get blown up again. That's three times. So I don't think that it's referring to Chromie for that reason, since it would already have happened. And there would, and the other basically, there would there, be a big wah, 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 you'd have failed. There's so. the implication there, too, that, that, whoever is doing this to her is somebody who is familiar enough with the timelines that they can manipulate them themselves. Or at least, doesn't she say they've done their homework? They've done their homework and they've blocked like, she's originally going to give you what, like six hours or something like that? But they put a block on it. And it's similar to, do you remember back in Cataclysm, the reason that we had to go to the Well of Eternity first in Cataclysm was that we had or excuse me, the reason we had to go to end time first in Cataclysm was because in end time, the creatures in end time, um, and I'm talking about, um, oh my gosh, not no, Murazond. No, Murazond, thank you. I was like, I was trying to remember his name. I'm like, how do you do it backwards? No, it wasn't backwards. Anyway, Murazond. Murazond had locked down, Murazond and the Infinite, they had locked down the timeways to a point where the only w- place that you could go if you tried to travel in time was end time. That was it. That was the only reality that they had left open. So you had to go there and you had to defeat Murazond in order to open the paths of time so that you could go back to the Well of Eternity and get the Dragon Soul and bring it to the future. There was a big thing about it. So... Obviously, the bronze dragonflight and the infinite dragonflight, they have the experience here 
to lock down these timeways like that. So, and and that lends credence to like a couple of different theories. One of them is that it's Chromie herself. Um, but the other one is that it's us because, well, if we've done our homework, if we did our homework when we were going to end time and everything and we were fighting Murazon and all of that, well, then, yeah, we would know that there's the potential of that being a possibility and we could theoretically find that and lock it down. We don't know who killed Chromie. That's that's the part that kind of sticks with me about that whole scenario. Yeah, we never do find it's a, out. It's a fascinating scenario, but once you've fixed it, she's like, yeah, I don't care. We fixed it. Not going to happen again. We're good. Like, she doesn't want to look look up the perpetrator or anything. So, yeah, <laughs> she yeah, just, like, crummy, leaves crummy, it there. Crummy. She's far crummy. more fascinated with what's going to happen next than but finding out. Shouldn't we, shouldn't we figure out who it was so we could stop them from trying again? No, no, no. What's, no, no, oh, we okay. fixed it. It's fine. You know, and, and you would think that, you know, as a bronze dragon, she would know if things are all right or not. And... Obviously, she thinks things are all right. We don't need to follow that little trail. Maybe we'll follow it in the next expansion. Who knows? Um, I do find it fascinating, though, particularly... I mean, I know we've kind of gone down the rabbit hole here a little bit. Sorry, Gold Grip. Um, the idea that Bolvar... Maybe Bolvar wasn't as resilient as we thought. Mm-hmm. Maybe Bolvar... The reason Bolvar was so resilient was because he had already been taken by something else. Because that's the thing. yogg Saran couldn't affect the Lich King. He couldn't do anything to the Lich King. Not no, directly. Arthas was already too in control. Arthas was already too in control. There was like nothing that Yogg-Saron could do. But here's this other creature, this other this other being that the Lich King obviously wants. Hmm. He's in the depths where all this Serenite is located. He's kind of weakened a little bit. He's stuck in this sort of uh, half-life, if you want to call it that. Half-life 3? No. Um... <laughs> he's never coming out then we're fine he, he's never coming out it's okay we're fine it'll just be delayed forever no but he's like he's like stuck in this existence where he's trying to resist the lich king well what if a little voice said hey i can help you resist that guy let me in i'll i'll, I'll do you a solid and help you out or or a little voice said hi it's me the light i'm here to help you well, yeah and let it, me we'll, take we'll, over we'll, we'll, guys 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 what form was Yogg-Saron in when we first met him? Sarah. In, and when we fight Yogg-Saron, what's floating above his head? Sarah. And what form is she in? She's a priest. She's a Valkyr. Mm-hmm. She's a Valkyr. Oh, she turns She's into a Valkyr. a Valkyr. That's right. She goes from and she goes from the dwarf to the Valkyr, doesn't she? When Odin be created was she the a first dwarf Val- or was she a Vrykul? Human. She's a dwarf Vrykul. and she turns into a, a, Vrykul, a Valkyr. Okay. But here's the thing. When you when you read about Odin, one of the things in his lore entry is that in order to create the Valkyr, he traded his eye to a being of shadow to gain the secrets of the void. Ah. Yep. And that's how he made Helya. And that's why Helya was the first Valkyr. And that's how Helya learned the secrets to create the bindings to effectively create the halls of valor and all that which, stuff like, which then starts to have questions of what exactly was sylvanas and helia talking about because i don't think it was just the lamp but for no more importantly though where did the lich king learn how to turn valkyr yeah and i mean the and that's person the thing who knew how to do that was helia or an old god if the old god is the one who gave those secrets to odin in the first place which theoretically is possible but and for that matter where was helia getting the power to fight odin odin was a keeper all the power Helia had, Odin gave her. He made her a Valkyr. She was a very powerful uh, Titanforge. She was not a keeper. She no. was not on Odin's level. And yet somehow she helped create the bindings that made the elemental planes. She helped create the uh, Halls of Valor. And she turned on Odin and successfully trapped him. Well, she's technically the closest thing to the Land of Shadow that we really have that we've ever interacted with. So, and How did she get there? Exactly. We know that Loken was working for Yog saron when he went to Helia. Hey, I got a deal for you, little sis. And think uh... about all this. Think about what this means for the entirety of what what not just Sylvanas, but Bolvar. Both of them. You know what do they both have in common right now in terms of servants that work for them? They both have Valkyr working for mm-hmm. them. So Helia being dead. May have in fact been 
Yogg-Saron's plan all along, because with Helia dead, what rival does the Lich King have None. for control of the dead? Sylvanas, kind of, Who, but not really. Because Sylvanas, she doesn't necessarily understand everything, maybe. What makes you think Sylvanas isn't on board with this? Exactly. Yeah, because, I mean, if that was the deal that was made, right? If that was the deal, because Sylvanas has died a couple times now, and she's she's touched the void. What if something touched her back? Or for that matter, even if Helia might be in on it, if she's working alongside Yogg-Saron, Helia getting killed might not even really be a problem. It might be a way out of the Shadowlands. Sure. And then that might be it, too. Like, that might be her way back, because, I mean... It, it would make sense. It would make sense that maybe she has to be freed from her prison of her assigned role. And that's how you body. do it. Or her body. Now you, now you can put her spirit in another body. So, Who's got uh, plenty of bodies to put her spirit in? This is the point where I point out that Sylvanas has died twice so far. Yep. Yep. And what if her third death allows Helia to come into the shell? Or just allows something... Mm, ugh, this is all really fascinating. Okay. Gold grip. We totally I don't... didn't answer your question, Gold grip. Sorry, we, we didn't answer your question, but I hope you enjoyed <laughs> enjoyed the back and forth because, uh, yeah, this is this is like all kinds of possibilities. This is like future future expansion possibilities. See, part of me was wondering. I was like, hmm. So they've got all these different plot threads here. They've got this Bolvar thing going on. Obviously, there's something going on with the Lich King, and then they've got oh, all this even... stuff they've been going on with the old gods and things like that. And then they have all this Ashara stuff that's been going on. So you know, they could pick any one of these threads. What if they picked all three and just worked them all together? Because uh, we just managed to do that in the course of what a half an hour's worth of conversation. I mean, there's also another thread too that we didn't even talk about either, which is you know, Dragon Boyfriend, because he's present in that scenario too. Toma Caligos. Rathian. Oh, right, Rathian. And what did he consume? The heart of the Thunder King. Who had the power of what? Almanthul. Who had knowledge of what? Mm. Pretty much everything. No, um, Almanthul is the direct empower of of Nosdarmo Morozond. Yeah. yeah. He's the direct he's direct yep. in-line reason. When you kill Morozond, he goes, Almanthul, no! You know, he, he's straight up. And so it's if he has knowledge one. of that power, I mean, who's to say he doesn't go mad? Who's to say that scrawl note, which looks mighty familiar. Uh, and we have received written summons from Rathian in the past, if I remember correctly. Um, what if it's his? I'd be really mad if Rathian ended up just being another corrupted dragon. I'm sorry. I think that's cheap. But It, it may be, but I'm just saying, like, the possibility is there. It's there. Although, although if there was a crazy Rathian in the future, that also might explain why Rathian was there at the Dragon Shrine. Because Rathian is working against crazy Rathian. And we might have to save him at some point. I'd be okay because... with us having to save him. It would also explain why he wasn't around for Warlords or this expansion where he should be. Because he's been a little bit busy. He's been a little bit busy trying to save himself well, from himself. And the reason, I, the reason I say that is because that statement of, you know, the orcs are on my side, the humans are on my side. Who spent a lot of time trying to get those two forces to work together against the Legion? This is true. This is true. That was the only part that didn't really make sense to me because I was like, why the orcs and humans? The orcs and humans aren't even at this whole dragon shrine thing. What's going on here? Oh, okay. They're in these dis disparate little time wave pockets, so maybe that's what he's talking about, or that's what that person is talking about, whoever wrote this note. But yeah, if it went beyond that, that would also be interesting. And it would explain how those timelines are getting altered as well back then, too, because if he has the knowledge from Amenthal, he could go do it. It, it would. It would. Okay. Um, I think we probably got time for one more email. Sorry. <laughs> We're really not making it far on this list. No, it's okay, because the other email, the second email here is also Old God related, and I did really want to discuss this one. Um, it's a little lengthy, so I'm just going to kind of jump and skip around it. This one is from Dejagor, a Torrent hunter on Malganis, who says, Hello, I just finished listening to the latest Lore Watch, and you have me thinking more about Zalatath. This wasn't the last one, it was the one before it. Um, he says, if this has been covered before, just delete this. However, it hasn't been covered before, and I do find this interesting. Um, he said, you've considered the idea that Zalatath is a fragment of an old god. Well, we know that it's part of Yasharaj. We've, we've pretty much been flat out told it's part of Yasharaj. Yeah, um, yeah. He says, but you've also considered Zalato, and Zalato is that, that's the desecrated image of Gorhal that, that Garrosh was using. And he says... Um, he says, it's something very similar to Zalatath in terms of sentience and possibly origin. It struck me that Garrosh was accumulating artifacts, the secured stockpile. 
but I couldn't remember if there was a particular purpose in that beyond the raw accumulation of power. But hold on, we've been accumulating artifact power too. Perhaps more specifically relevant, the wielder of Zalatath has been accumulating artifact power and feeding it to that weapon. We've been feeding Zalatath, possibly the sentient remnant of an old god, a lot of power. Are we making it possible for an old god to return? Are we bringing back Yashiraj? Oops. And that's from Deja Gore. <laughs> um, I actually, the reason I wanted to talk about this was because of the secured stockpile. That was one of those parts of Cedru Orgrimmar that didn't quite make sense to me. It did on one level because I was like, well, maybe he's just looking for another divine bell. Maybe, Maybe he's just looking for another. I mean, obviously, if the pa- if the Pandaren, if they had that one relic there that was so extraordinarily, you know, so powerful, then maybe they had others as well that were equally as powerful and could be used as weapons in this whole path of conquest, everything else. But on the other hand, it just seemed weird that it wasn't just Mogu artifacts. Well, it was there was Mogu artifacts, and then there was also manted artifacts in there too like little manted things it was a bunch of stuff all mixed in there so i wanted to ask you guys thoughts on this as far as do you think that maybe he was trying to empower zalato or maybe even yasharaj's heart since he had the heart right there um rossi what do you think i've always been curious because the paragon showed up yeah and they don't just show up because you found a chunk of something they show up to serve their gods, mm-hmm. which are not our gods. And, um, and we know that presumably they're all, they're they are went the there. Gods. They went there because the heart was there. But a heart is just a heart. It's not an actual old god. So did they know? So here's what I've always been curious about. We talked about how, how Yeshiraj is dead. He's dead. You couldn't, you know, his destruction created the Shah. Could you put him back together again? Yep, I was just going to I was going to go down that road, too. Or could you make it? Maybe you couldn't make Yasharaj come back. Could you make another old god out of him? Could he like become the chrysalis or the the polyp for a new form? Because we know that both there's two species that were literally just born out of the old gods, the Naraki and the Akir. They literally just spawn from the bodies of the old gods when they were like in their their manifestation forms. They just come out of them. Um, and we know that they come in many different forms. Could you actually get the old god to either regenerate or birth something anew? And I don't know. I still don't know the answer to that question. This I, would wasn't explain, really covered. This would explain the presence of all of that mantid stuff, though, because mm-hmm. you had the paragon show up. If the paragon showed up with a bunch of artifacts and said, hey, here, you should feed this to the heart or the weapon or whatever. Yeah, but it, it, remember back in, in Th- Throne of Thunder, we talked about the animus. Yes. Which is that weird blood stuff that makes the blood golems. And we know that the, the old gods are parasitic entities that will draw upon the, the force. You know, it'll, they'll, burrow, they'll burrow their way in and corrupt the, the world soul of the planet. And in so doing, drink of its lifeblood. And we know that the Mogu technology is all about shaping waterways and helping create this, the, the world that they created to help, you know, keep bad things from happening to, to seal off the uh, well of eternity and feed its power back into itself. Uh, Mogu technology, the, the divine bell is Mogu technology. You know what I mean? The, the, the Mogu, as they became more authoritarian, they kind of veered off into Shah stuff and weird and stuff. When we and we say Mogu technology, technically we mean Titan technology because these guys exactly. are Titan forged. Exactly. So, there's no reason it feels like you can, the, the old gods are always been great at co-opting the enemy, the weapons of their enemies. I mean, that's the whole thing. The curse of flesh is curse of flesh is all about turning the weapons of your enemy into something you can make use of to facilitate absorption. I mean, we know that the, uh, the, 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 the tribunal of ages was something that Loke, that Loken made up to confuse us, but we also know that's what the, the curse of flesh is. That's what it does. It facilitates absorption. But is it a curse? Because we had that discussion, too. Yeah, we've had that discussion. But for right now, though, maybe their keys accumulating all that Titan stuff because it can be used. It can be used by the old god. They, they, they can use it. They know how. If they can't use it themselves, they can figure out ways to use it. It, it feels like this is certainly one possibility. That they were using it to either rebuild the old god or feed it. But then we have to f- factor in Garrosh. Because Garrosh, when he got his hands on the Divine Bell, what was the first thing he did with it? 
he tried to make a soldier out of it. Like he had Ishii use it. And when Ishii failed, he was like, you were just too weak. <laughs> you got to try harder, bud. It's like Garash was arrogant enough that I don't think Zalato would have been enough for him. I don't well, think holding that thing would have been enough for him. And you even see in the fight, he pulls upon the power of the heart directly. Mm-hmm. He uses it to change himself. Or, or the heart channels through him, one or the other. No, he, he steps up there and says, I will have my world. He demands it. He doesn't, this is no, if it's corruption, it's not corruption on somebody who had to be talked into it. Yeah, but I think that's part of the old gods thing in general, right? Like, and, and this is just looking back at it, every pawn they've ever had, every every person that they've ever used has willingly agreed to it. Whether they have been manipulated to that front or not, they've all been willing participants in some capacity. I think yeah, but the difference my... between Garrosh and everybody else that's ever been corrupted by an old, old, old god, though, is that Garrosh looked at the old gods and looked at the heart and looked at all this other stuff and said, ah, here's a tool I can use. Not Yeah, he wasn't... Sure. He, he wasn't a supplicant... Like, if you look at the Twilight Father or you look at, like, Cho'Gall, Cho'Gall is, is broken and crazed and, you know, worships it. Garrosh wasn't yeah. worshipping squat. Yeah, but it, it, that comes back to the same thing, too. Like, you don't necessarily no, 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 have no, no, to be no, a no. worshipper, right? No, like, it could be, it could be this thing point, saying... Though. You're not getting my point. Garrosh was pride. Yes. Okay. Garrosh's pride manifest. Garrosh is the Shah of pride. He's so proud that the Shah of pride rose up in his wake. This is... He's perfect. I think what we were going to end up seeing, if Garage had gotten his way, there would have been a new old god, and its name would have been Hellscream. Yeah, and, and I agree with that statement. And and, and I was going back to the, the accumulation of the, the artifacts. The one thing that I, I wanted to talk about of that, at least, is when Yashiraz died, when he was ripped out of the planet, we don't know what was left behind. We do know pretty darn well that old god body parts make very powerful weapons and artifacts, and we don't know how widespread they are. So it could have been a potential along those same lines of, you know, Hellstream going, I need to find all of these pieces and get as much of this back to me as possible because it will only do nothing but bring me to my full potential. And that always struck me as like, I don't think they were just grabbing artifacts of power for the sake of grabbing power. I think he was looking for specific pieces. I think he was being whispered to of these are pieces you need to find. These are pieces of my body that can become your body. These are pieces that will feed you. These are pieces that will make you more whole. And and that to me, that was always an interesting thing. And Do you think if we'd left him to his own devices, he would have eventually pulled a Daenerys and just, like, eaten the heart? I think so. Or, I shouldn't or, say a Daenerys. I should say a Rathion. Well, actually, Rathion pulled a Daenerys. I don't know. Daenerys, I don't yeah. remember how those... But do you think he would have consumed it? Like, yeah. just consumed it and said, okay, I'm the best... At some point, I think that was the inev- I think that was the inevitability. Okay, so Let now me- going back to the other point here being made by Deja Gore, which I actually think is pretty um, interesting when you look oh, at yeah. it because there are parallels. The champion that goes out and gets Zalatath and starts feeding it artifact power. That person is also using that weapon as a tool, much Can we in call the that same way. The Mitch. The Mitch. Okay, so the Mitch has gotten this. Has gotten this weapon of unfathomable power. Mitch just wants a buddy. That's all. The, this 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 weapon that speaks to him and says all kinds of crazy, unusual, weird things, depending on what part of the world you happen to be in, and starts stuffing it full of artifact power because it's going to make him more powerful. And that's almost like a mirror of what Garrosh was doing, because Garrosh was essentially doing the same thing he's like i'm gonna i'm gonna feed all this power to this weapon to this heart whatever so that i can become more powerful are we looking at a mimicry situation here with the shadow priests i think so i think because and and i was actually just talking with uh with tart about this last night uh because all of the whispers that zelatath gives the shadow priest i mean it's all stuff of like it's consuming power. It likes consuming power. It is a sentient thing. And we're willingly giving it power. And again, we surmise that this is a piece of an old god. I mean, I don't necessarily think that we're going to become the conduit, but we're just giving this thing more and more power to maybe remanifest or become something different or grow into something bigger so do and you better. Think, do you think that we're, like as Deja Gore said here, do you think that we're bringing back Yasharaj? 
Or do you think that maybe we're feeding into Nazoth with this, since Nazoth is supposedly the last one left? I think Nazoth is looking... I, I think Nazoth is helping it along necessarily to bring more manifestations back. Because the one dagger, of the... Ways- the dagger says mean things about Nazoth. Yes. Straight up, it is not friendly with Nazoth. But I mean, the old gods were not necessarily friendly with each other yeah, to but- begin with, right? To, to, the, to my knowledge, we've never actually had the situation of an old god talking smack about itself. That, that, that much we haven't had yet. Doesn't mean they won't. I, they are, you know, insanity is their thing. But I do want to point out one thing before we continue on this discussion. There's one thing about this weapon I want to point out. There is a particular person who wielded the dagger before. That person's name was Modgood. Yep. And Modgood took that dagger right up to the gates of Grimbatal and into it and corrupted the heck out of it. All that stuff you see in Grimbatal that's all weird and old gaudy, that's from Modgood. And when she finally got attacked by Cardos Wildhammer, when he was finally, the fight was on to defend or lose Grimbatal, she reached for the dagger and it was gone. So the dagger isn't just a self-aware thing. It can up and leave anytime it wants to. And so her I have last a, words, yeah, her last words were, you promised. I have a, so. I have a fun, fun, just fun little proposition here, right? Just fun. Let's think about this for funsies. Uh, so we have Zalatath. We've been feeding it artifact power, or Mitch has been feeding it artifact power all of this time. Um, and we talked about the fact that we don't know how many pieces of Yasharaj are still floating around. Maybe maybe Garrosh was kind of like pulling them all together or whatever, you know. We're also looking very much at the distinct possibility that the next expansion is going to be an old god expansion. Correct? I mean, that's all signs. I mean, yep. All signs seem to all be pointing really in that point direction. That. Okay. We also know that we can't take our artifact weapons forward into the next expansion unless they decide to go ahead and do that for us. So, so um, the question is, what do we do what, with them? What would, what would happen, just theoretically, theoretically, if at the end of this expansion, you know, we beat the big bads, Burning Legion's been dealt with, everything else, and all of our sudden our weapons start talking to us. All of them, simultaneously, start talking to us. Just like Zalatath. I mean... Every artifact weapon ever. I gotta say this much. Um, I don't know about other people. I don't know about every artifact weapon. I really only have played a couple classes high enough to know most of them, but the warrior arms artifact spent like 3,000 years inside the head of a, of a Jithraxi that someone else tried to use Zalatath to reawaken. It's the same guy. Yep. Like the Jithraxi served Yogg-Saron. Can you uh, imagine Ashbringer going corrupt? At the end yes, of this expansion, easily. like actually, all of a I sudden mean, wasn't it goes. It, corrupted a couple times? it was a couple of times, yeah. But can you imagine what would happen if everybody, like simultaneously, you log on when that whole pre-patch thing goes on, and all of a sudden there are things whispering to you, and you're like, "Wait, what's whispering to me? I don't understand." And then you realize that it's the weapon you've been carrying around and empowering the entirety of the expansion. Well, the interesting thing about that, too, is when you consider the origins of a lot of these artifact weapons as well. I mean, going through the list from the shaman perspective, I mean, my healing scepter was in the possession of Ezjara and her minions for 10,000 years. Like, I could totally see that coming to life and being, no, hey, you used me for a great time. Thanks. I'm going to go do this thing now that you've empowered me. Sweet. See you later. Uh, Doomhammer. I mean, it's not always been the most kindly of weapons. Um, Scythe of Alune doesn't exactly have a pristine background when you start looking at druids. And when you um, look uh, at every, stuff like every it... single Death Knight one is basically pure evil on a stick. Yep. <laughs> I mean, it's like, this is my evil axe that drinks souls. Oh, well, oh, this you is look my at the Kingslayers. The Kingslayers King were made, yep. made by Gul'dan, a warlock. And then you've got the Dreadblades, which have this long and storied. But, I mean, when you look at every weapon that you look at, when you look at every weapon... It's like there's the potential for darkness there, even with the Ashbringer, because what was the Ashbringer composed of? What was it made from? No, what was what was it? What what did they have to do to make the Ashbringer? What was it initially? I honestly, seriously, I'm not even kidding when I say I think it was an Aru. Yeah, but when you go into 
when you go into Old Hillsbrat and you go witness that scene, what is that on the table? What is I that? I mean, it's chunk? a void crystal, right? Yes, it's obviously a void. Crystal it's a void crystal, and they funnel enough light into it that it becomes the ash. It becomes the crystal that becomes it's the ash. It's a Naru ring. cycle. It's, it's a Naru thing. cycle. Yes, but what was it initially? It was void. Mm-hmm. And what are old yeah. guys made of? Wouldn't void. that be Either. crazy, though? Wouldn't that be kind of cool? Easily go void again. I don't. Uh, the thing about this is there are a few artifacts that really wouldn't fit with, but most of them it would work fine. I think they could fit um, it with any artifact. I think that they could. I think it would be really weird if the Windrunner bow suddenly started talking because it obviously never talked. But that being said, we have been jamming a ton of stuff into these things. And how yeah. do we know I, what? I stuff all how the do time, we know if that stuff like, is good? Yeah, we don't really. When I pick up a random like stone head out of a chest somewhere and just kind of rub it on my artifact, it's like, oh, my artifact's better now. Like seriously, we're just we're not very picky. Like I, I've. Books from the the Suramar night nightborn. Wouldn't uh, that be the biggest rocks. checkmate though? If that thing that we've been doing, in order to defeat the Burning Legion, is the very thing that brings the old gods to our world? Yeah, or, I, can see I that shouldn't happening. say brings the old gods because they're already there, but re-empowers them into something more. Well, that's another thing too. I mean, we know that the Burning Legion spans the universe. It's been time walking this week, and I've been doing the dungeon, so we know the Burning Legion spans the universe as numerous as the stars, and no force, you know, blah blah blah. But Joe and I were kind of talking about this today. We don't know that we're not going to see an old god from somewhere else. We know that there's a planet completely consumed by void already, and we've seen it. We've seen it twice now. Yeah, this expansion. Yeah, and the Nighthold. If- um, if. For for those listening at home here in the Nighthold, when you go to what what's the guy's name? Star Auger. Yeah, the Star, Star Auger. Yeah. If you pay attention to the sky box in the Star Auger encounter, because you will see a planet there that's been wholly consumed by the void, and Koresh. it's kind of terrifying. You see Koresh. You yeah, see the, it's, the, the it's, planet of it. It's terrifying. It's it's very purple and wiggly and not good at all. It's the Mitch planet. Yeah, it's Mitch world. <laughs> um. But my point being, like, one of the things we were, talk- we were talking about was, like, you know, when you go through the Architraz, the stuff that comes out is all looks kind of Azerothy. Like, flame, walk- flame Wakers come out, and then uh, the Draconids come out, and then, of course, Anom comes out. And then, finally, um, basically, Skaram comes out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Spyrus and Skaram have the same model. And... Obviously, Skaram could be explained by the fact that we know that old gods just secrete these monsters. They secrete Akir. They secrete um, Naraki. That's just what comes out of them. But what if there, you know, we know there were a certain amount of old gods on Azeroth, but that's not all the old gods there were. And we've now at least seen a world that's completely dominated by them. And we know that Sargeras blew up one that, that he thought was too far gone with old gods to be saved. He destroyed that planet. So there are other planets out there that could be infested right now. And it, it's very possible we could have, uh, you know, they could make contact. We don't know. We have no idea what could happen. In the, and especially now that, you know, people like Illidan are running around doing stuff. And, you know, we've we've seen what he did and we know what it did to our world. I, at this point, that's a 7.2 spoiler. Can we, we we talk about what happens there? Wait, what? The thing Illidan did in the uh, cinematic at the end of Tomb of Sargeras. We can talk about that, right? Um... Yeah, if you haven't if you haven't completed Tomb of Sargeras or seen the cinematic at the end of Tomb of Sargeras, maybe you want to like skip forward five minutes or something. Okay, basically, when Illidan rips open the the hole in space and creates a portal between our world and Argus, that's we now know that's doable and it could get done again. And that world Star Augur's looking at, I don't want a portal between that and our world. I don't want to look up in the sky and see Tentacle Planet. You know what I mean? Like this. This is like the kind of thing we could have happen in this expansion. We really don't know what the old gods are going to do. We've never had a fully, like, we've faced a legion before. This is our second time fighting them. Well, more than second, if you really want to count the previous, you know, like the, the War of the Ancients and stuff. But we've never fought the old gods on a, on a big front like this. We've ne- we fought an individual one that was already defeated once and chained up. We've never, like... The Black Empire is the last time anybody actually fought a full-scale war with them, and that required an entire army of Titan-created beings. And even then, that didn't end exactly so well. I mean, we're still feeling the after-effects of it now. Yeah, exactly. Imagine if, like, a planet full of them showed up. A planet full of them that have been feasting on the power of the universe as well as the Void for how many millennia? Like, this is true. Yeah. 
Zalatath has some cool things to say too when you go into the Tomb of Sargeras raid. He's got new new things to say. Um particularly when you defeat Kill Jaden. And again, we're still talking spoilers here, so but I don't think we're at the five minute mark, so it's okay, we could talk about it. Uh when you defeat Kill Jaden, he says, I can feel the pulse of your world quickening. Soon all will be drenched in its lifeblood which is kinda creepy. Um but there there's other stuff that he says. There's there's a lot of other stuff that he says. Uh one of the things that always stuck with me too is this trifling skirmish is little more than a distraction. The true battle draws nigh as the circle nears completion. And again, you know, we're going back to that whole circle nearing completion. There's that whole question of the circle thing and that circle thing has been mentioned over and over and over again. It was mentioned even in Karazhan when you like at the beginning of the expansion when you trip the defenses in Karazhan you have that remnant of Medivh who says the thing about the circle um, we still don't know what that is we don't know what that is but the possibility exists that in trying to defeat the legion we're only making it easier for the old gods which would also you know that would kind of lend itself to the whole oh yeah we had to go fight the nightmare but the nightmare wasn't really working for the legion or anything so why'd we have to go fight it well maybe it would just wanted to distract us for a little while or maybe it wanted to facilitate some kind of transfer did you guys there's one whisper from Zalatath that in particular fascinates me which one it was here in ages past that the god of the deep lost a great battle to the god of seven heads yep but as was so often the case, even defeat ultimately worked in Nizoth's favor. Yeah, and that's the thing. Who was the seven-headed god? Yashiraz, right? Yeah. So Yashiraz beat up Nizoth, put him into a coma, and that seemed to work out in his favor. I could see that. Rossi, you want to go into that a little bit more? Well, I'm thinking about in terms of Nizoth turning defeat into its favor. We won in the Emerald Nightmare, right? We stopped it. And thus we turned to face the Legion. Yep. And now we're going to be fighting the Legion what if... this whole time, and we're not fighting anything else. And you even know what? that defeat, being defeated by Yashiraj, worked out in Nizoth's favor. What if we just Absolutely. woke up? What if we woke up Nizoth by pushing it out of the nightmare? Well, more importantly, too, I mean, that's that's something that we've talked about before. We have talked about whether or not we woke up Nizoth by pushing it out of the nightmare, and I think that's certainly possible based on what we've you know talked about before. But what's getting me is this. Um, when the Legion, if the Legion is actually beaten, if they're beaten, if we do the unthinkable and stop these guys, that takes, that is essentially pulling, for, for all the Legion's sins, they scourge planets. Yeah. They, to keep them they from the clutches of the void. There's nothing to do that anymore. And are we capable of filling that role? Yeah, and are we capable of doing it on a galactic scale? Can we do it across multiple worlds? Can we do it across the great dark beyond? And what happens? Like, any nature fills a vacuum, and the old gods are like nature gone mad. They're like rampant, terrifying nature. Um, they're like unnatural nature, if you want to put it that way. They're the opposite of it. But it's when, when this vacuum forms, when there is a void, it will be filled. Um, and in this case, it will be filled by the void. Uh, it's it just fascinates me to think about this because we know that the blade isn't friendly to Nazoth. It isn't. It disdains him. What is it? What is going to happen? Like, if we empower all these artifacts, are we actually going to end up with with like the return of Yashraj? Will we end up creating a new old god? Will uh, is there an old god out there somewhere coming? I mean, there's just a million possibilities that keep freaking with my head. But the one that keeps coming to mind over and over again is the one you just pointed out. The one about you know. The lifeblood will drench the world. What's the world's lifeblood? The well of eternity. And the water therein. I mean, it's we've seen it over and, and over again. What water, happens? Water. And yeah. it's not just the water in the well of eternity. It's the water in the well of eternity. It's the water in the sun well. It's the water in the night well. It's the water in um, the oh veil. gosh, the veil. It's all over. And it's the water in the maelstrom, which is kind of what makes the maelstrom so malevolent to begin with and there's you know even if you if you know if you take the sword if you take the sword into sunwell plateau i mean mm -hmm. the dagger into sunwell plateau the light would have you have your kind remain obedient and stagnant i offer the gifts of freedom and strength i hope you remember my kindness yeah, that's creepy yeah it's just the the knife is like 
Oh, man. And it's like even my mistake. It seems the upstart goddess still holds sway here. Oh, well. After attempting to absorb Alun's power, Note triggers a fatal interaction. Yeah, it'll kill you. Yeah. So there's some messed up stuff going on here where, uh, I don't know. I, I, I find myself feeling like we're going to see something worse than an old god. And it might be something worse than an old god that's coming. Like a void lord? Like we may have finally gotten their attention. If we stop Sargeras... If we stop the thing that could kill a world that was going to give birth to a to a Void Titan, if we finally pull like because they've been the Titans and and the Void Lords have been kind of contending over the fate of the universe forever, and if we finally stop the Dark Titan, that might be worth their notice. Not their you know in the same same way that you or I would be interested if like our sandwich suddenly got a really weird growth on it, would look at it like what is that? They might be like oh interesting. And All we of might a sudden, see... the eyes of the void turn directly to us. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, so I don't, I don't know what this spells for the next expansion. And Deja Gore, you know, mm-hmm. we don't know. We don't know the answer to whether or not we're bringing back Yasharaj. But um, it certainly spurred a lot of conversation. And I could talk about the old gods for hours, but we actually do need to wrap it up. <laughs> Uh, Blizzard Watch is made possible due to the generous contributions at patreon.com slash blizzardwatch and your continued support means that this podcast site and community is able to thrive and grow. Blizzard Watch supporters enjoy exclusive benefits like early access to the podcast, a better chance at having your questions answered on our podcast or the queue, and an ads-free site experience. And for you guys that are listening, Audible is actually offering a free audiobook download with a free 30-day trial to give you the opportunity to check out their service. They do have several of the Warcraft novels available at, in audiobook format, and you can download that as part as part of your uh, free 30-day trial to do that you can go to blizzardwatch.com slash audible and sign up through there and that'll also help support the show and we thank you for that um final thoughts i know that we obviously this was the first part of the discussion but i kind of want to go back to it because i do i kind of want to hear more of a definite of what you guys think do you think bolvar is working as the Lich King entity, a.k.a. against the Burning Legion, or do you think that Bolvar has been corrupted and is actually part of the Void? In other words, do you think that Bolvar could be worked into an expansion where we're talking about the Void, or do you think that he warrants his own expansion all by himself? Rossi, go. I think he warrants his own expansion, yes, but that doesn't mean I don't think he's not involved in the Void. Even if he hasn't been corrupted, he's involved in the Void because that's what necromancy basically is. Necromancy is rooted in shadow magic. Uh, it's it's you. If you have necromancy, you understand the void because the void is basically replacing the natural light of life in things. You're you're using that power to, to I move guess the dead. What, I guess I should rephrase but, that. Do you think that we're going to get old god expansion and then we're going to get wrath part two electric boogaloo, or do you think that it can all be wrapped into one expansion? It could be based on Legion. It absolutely could be. I kind of hope they don't because I don't want to like, you know, I don't want to jam too much into one expansion and again, because that's my only problem with Legion is sometimes I feel overwhelmed. Like, oh my God, there's so much going on. Uh, it, it absolutely could be. But my hope is that Bolvar is not under anyone's control or influence because I think he makes a very fascinating villain if he's doing what he thinks is right. And it's just completely skewed. Like, Sylvanas, for all that Sylvanas is evil, is evil for her own reasons. I don't think Sylvanas is being controlled by anybody. I don't think the void is driving her. I don't think any. I think she makes her own choices, and I like her that way. And I want Bolvar to be that. I want him to be evil for his own thing. That being said, the dude does play around with a ton of Saronite. He so, does. Joe, same question. I think it comes back to my earlier statement. I don't necessarily think it's corruption, but then again, the void and the old gods seem to make their best deals by making deals and everybody seems to be a willing participant do i think he's a willing participant i think he is i think he made a handshake i think we're going to see more of that to come and i think no matter what happens anything we deal with with void is going to have to deal with him whether or not he deserves or gets his own expansion that's a whole other question but i think whatever the next steps are i think they are going to involve him quite quite a bit i think that theoretically potentially yeah he could he could totally be brought into an expansion with the void and with the old gods um 
maybe I didn't quite hold as solidly to that opinion before the emails that we answered today, but it seems more likely now. However, I do kind of hope that he gets his own expansion with his own focus, partially because I think he deserves that, and partially because I think as Shara deserves more of our full attention. We've been waiting 10,000 years to do something to her, <laughs> to deal with her. At least I, I feel like I feel like she's a force to be reckoned with in her own right, and maybe they should focus the efforts, the writing efforts on her, and save Bolvar for another expansion down the road where they can focus all their efforts on him, because I think they'd have more impact, but that's just me. Anyway, that wraps us up for Lorewatch. If you have a question for Lorewatch, you can go ahead and email that to podcast at blizzardwatch.com. Be sure to put Lorewatch in the subject line so that we know that it is intended for this show and not the regular podcast. Thanks very much for listening, guys, and we will see you in two weeks. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.